0: Good morning, folks, on November the 10th. Oh, it is a good day. You will wish uh, down the line that you could live this day over again. It is so good. Absolutely a perfect day. From Coolidge, Arizona, on November the 10th, 2019. We're in Acts chapter 19. We have Merwin and Nancy with us today. And um, that's quite a quite a feat. You should hear Nancy's story. Merwin is just as ugly as ever. Now we um, we've been studying three verses in nine, eight, nine, and ten, and initially we thought there wasn't much content in those verses. And then as we took time to explore it more thoroughly, we find there is a whole bunch of content content in these three verses that we should not overlook. And the key here has been the way. And that's the internal theme of um, the book of Acts is the way. And while we're at it, You know, there is another theme in the book of Acts that I want to take you to, and I um, don't know whether I, whether I have that written down or not here anywhere, but there, there, is, a, there is another theme that's hidden within the context. And the very last verse of the book is the key. Turn with me to Matthew, or uh, to Acts 28, maybe 31. Not sure about that. It's sure good to have Merwin and Nancy with us today. And they're here for the winter. Nancy's been through several uh, procedures medically, and, but she's with us and live and looking good. Now, I'm not done talking about the way, but I want to tell you right now that there is something else hidden in this book, and it's in the last word of the book. What is that word? Unhindered. Oh, Alec, you've got a good eye. Teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness, unhindered. All of the book of Acts is heading toward this point because have there been hindrances on the way? Oh, hindrances galore. Nearly every chapter... Every issue, there are hindrances of the way, the preaching, the gospel, hindrances everywhere. And then I think if you go back to, um, you know, I I, I can't remember the verses that I was after. Uh, Seems to me like it was um, in chapter 16. We're not going to worry about it one way or the other. Yeah, let's do, let's go to, um, let's go to Acts, um, uh, let's go to Acts chapter 6 and
1: verse
0: 7. See, we're looking here now at the internal outline of Acts. The big internal outline is the way. We'll come back to that. I'm just introducing now one that we'll develop more fully as we go along. Uh, and that is, you, you see, the way is the subject. It's the way to glory. That's the subject of the book. It's not The subject is not the acts of the apostles. The subject is, The way, and remember how it closed up, the way was spoken of as what? The sect everywhere spoken against. All people don't like that part of it, but folks, that's how it's described in the book of Acts. It goes from the way to the sect of the way, and then to the sect everywhere spoken against, which was the way. And that's how it is even to this day. The little sect is referred to I mean the little the, the the little sect is still the way no matter how many people are on the conveyor belt it's still the way and it's called a sect now we're looking at another little internal outline and it's the process here the pro- the process being revealed to us in act Ab- chapter 6 It begins in verse. uh, Is that verse seven? Mm -hmm. Uh, The word of God kept on spreading. That's how it's introduced. Just kept on getting bigger and bigger, and the number of the disciples continued to increase. That's the positive side of this. That's the big story. And in, in particularly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. That's the big story. Folks, that's good news after what we've been through so far in the first few chapters of this book. That's good news. It just kept going and going and going. Now, let's go over to chapter um, 19 and verse 20. That's um, That's the one that we're, that's the area where we are. But I'm going to skip ahead here. Hi, Mary. Hi,
2: David.
0: How is you? He is fine. Okay. So in verse twenty, look at this. So the the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. So those are conc- those were our words of process, the conclusionary process. The word of the Lord was growing. The word of the Lord, the truth, was growing mightily and prevailing. Grabbing folks attention look at 24:23. now these are all in the book of Acts if you go to some other book it won't be relevant because it'd be out of context then he gave orders to the centurion for him to be kept in custody and yet have some freedom and there was the beginning of where we get the last word of the book. What was the last word of the book? Unhindered. What?
3: Unhindered.
0: Unhindered. Now folks, don't ever forget that. Where was Paul when he said that or when Luke said that? In
2: Rome.
0: He was in Rome. Where was he in Rome? In prison. He was in prison in Rome but the word of the Lord kept growing and he kept preaching unhindered. Oh, folks, get a grab of that. Let that move you. Here in verse 24, uh, chapter 24 and verse 23, and yet have have some freedom. The centurion said, keep this guy in custody, but give him some freedom and don't prevent your friends from ministering to him. So there was a breakthrough for Paul. And that ends up with the last word of the the book of Acts that he was in prison. Oh, you will say that's not very nice. But within his prison walls, he found a way to keep doing what he was commissioned to do. And he did it unhindered. That ought to make your spine tingle. That ought to make the change in your attitude toward what's going on in the book of Acts. Folks, these two internal themes are most critical to the book. The way, the big theme, and secondly, the process being revealed to where Paul, in prison, could continue teaching about the Lord without being hindered. In full openness. What a victory. It didn't make any difference where he was. Does it make any difference where you are? Not really. He was mission driven. Now we have some notes. So those two things. I want you to remember when I'm dead and gone. Now, the theme, the big theme of the book of Acts, the subject matter of the book of Acts is what? The way. The way. I'm going to ask it again. The theme, the subject matter of the book of Acts is?
2: The way.
0: The way. way. One more time. The theme of the book of Acts is? The the way. way. The way. The question for you today is, are you on the way? We have four things in 8, 9, and 10 that we want to just quickly go over quickly, I mean very quickly. Uh, verse
3: 8, we he, talked about... You said that on the 20th of October.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did I say it again?
3: Yeah. Human
0: energy. There, you know, some folks have a lot of, a lot of natural energy. But here we are talking about an energy that connects us with God and that is topic, subject energy. The energy that we get from having a firm conviction about our belief. That gives us an energy that you can't find naturally. It goes beyond natural energy. Naturally, some of us have a lot more than others. That's just a part of humanity. Some folks can go and go and go and go. I went and went and went and went. My energy, that is. So here we have a, a, an energy that its origin is from God. It's the energy that comes from having a mission a mission that is subject-oriented, topic-oriented, and it keeps you on fire all the way through life. Now, learn that lesson and make a deliberate, conscious decision to have that kind of energy. Number two, see, quick. We talked about human attitudes. These are attitudes that we have the capability of toward the truth that capability came from god when you see man you see the best thing about god there is the only thing you can see about god is what you see through man man at his best is the thing best about god not the worst about god man at his worst is not man at his best man at his best is most like god and that's the only way and through the attributes given to man can we understand anything about God. We would not understand anything about mercy, about love, about discipline, about anger. We would not understand those emotions at all or those decisions in life at all without the human encounter because they are expressive of something about God. But it's about truth. And we can, be, uh, we can have the right attitude toward truth or we can be self-absorbed. And we only want truth that feeds our self-absorbedness. Or um, we can have controlled um, attitudes. That means that we don't operate on assumptions. We don't face, we don't uh, make conclusions based on assumptions. Which most people are guilty of today. Ever watch the news? I don't like to bring this up in front of Mary because she new, works in the news station. But you know, most news is based on assumption. And we have to be very careful to avoid building conclusions around assumptions on the little level or a big level.
2: What about when we assume?
3: Uh, what? That one? <laughs> yeah. I didn't you know, hear that. Yeah, You know what they say about when we assume. You've heard that one. Go ahead, finish it. <laughs> you make an ass out of you and me. Oh, okay.
0: I can feel that. I can understand that. That's blunt language.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Sorry. I've seen some... It's <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: the tr-
2: oh, you bet. But a goody, right? <laughs> da- David,
3: you you basically flushed the mainstream media and most media in one statement, with one statement, because... And how can anything be right if you're judging, if you're basing your conclusions on what you think is happening instead of knowing what is really happening.
0: And always trying to reach a conclusion when there's no firm
3: data to reach that conclusion on. Well, it, people love conclusions. It's bigger it goes, than that though. Yeah, It goes back to an earlier teaching years ago now to that you can't argue conclusions. No. You have to argue
0: premises and make sure your premises are in concrete foundation before you bring them into the equation. So we have to develop and we have to make deliberate decisions, conscious deliberate decisions about how we're going to treat life, about what we learn, and those have to be done deliberately. They have to be done. We have to make decisions. I've told you about some of the decisions I've made in life. I've stuck with them since I was eight years old. Not everybody has that opportunity. Not everybody can do that. But at some point, you need to make a firm decision that you're going to stay and be faithful to the Lord's church no matter what. That you're going to go through life with pure speech the best you can. You make that decision. You're going to go through life on the way, all the way. And the way, of course, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. The way is built on truth. And the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. We're going to stay on that way, built on the truth, all the way to glory. We see it on the way through faith. But at some point, we come to that curtain. You don't like the curtain. But what you want to make a decision on is that you want your faith, when you go through that curtain, you want your faith to be equal to the reality on the other side of that curtain. Is that clear? Well, I was waiting for a tomato. A rotten tomato. But folks, we don't think about that. We don't make our firm decisions that I'm going to be on the way and stay on the way no matter what. And if I'm not on it, I'm going to get on it. And I'm going to stay put on it. And as I stay put on the way, I want to develop my faith that is so accurate in what God has said about things I can't see on the other side, that when I get to the other side, my faith is equal to what I had my faith in. The reality of the other side, we want to have a faith that is equal to what is real. Folks, our kids need to know that.
2: And a lot of times
0: when it comes to the faith, which is, you know, again, I've defined it once already, faith is believing what God has said about things we cannot see, and that's the theme of the Bible. If you don't understand that, man, you don't know anything. I mean, less than nothing. We live in the situation of faith. All of the Bible was to bring us to the new covenant after the fall of Jerusalem to put us in the situation of faith. We tend to love the parts of the Bible that don't require anything of us. That's why some folks are so prone to discussing... By the way, before I finish that last word... Last Thursday night, Neil brought the best explanation of end times that I've ever heard. It was just, is Neil here today? I'm uh, having lost my right eye. Everything else is kind of blurred. Um, That's why I drive so fast now. I have to avoid accidents. And I got into my truck this morning and my battery was dead. (laughs) but fortunately I have two fingers and I put one on each terminal and it sparked. It started right up. I do happen to have a little, beautiful little starter. Anyway, but that was the best, most simple, straight cut, concise explanation of end times that I have ever heard. So well done huh pretty sharp yeah to the point there's not a lot of not a lot of fluff no fluff in that one and that's kind of unusual because he's so full of fluff that's why we pet him I forget he's not a cat But we tend to love the parts of the Bible that do not require anything of us. That's where I was going to, that's the sentence I was going to, uh, we love, we love to discuss prophecy, because can you do anything about it? Well, from our perspective, all prophecy has been, it was all given to the Jews, it was all fulfilled by the Jews, there's nothing left prophetically to be done. We are in the continuation process of what was fulfilled in prophecy. Historically, we're in the process of living through what has all been done. Everything is done. It is finished. That means it is completed. Jesus said on the cross, and then it was consummated with the fall of Jerusalem in 70 or 73 A.D., depending on how you use your numbers there. But you see, we like to get... Off of things that really keep us on the way, because we like we like to have a route of escape. We don't want to focus on the way, and we don't talk about the way to our neighbors and with the neighbors. We have to change our we have to change our attitudes. Number three today in review on number. four on the notes, if you have the notes. I don't have any with me. Uh, Human creativity is expressive of God as well. If you find your way in a cesspool, remember, there is always a way out of the cesspool. And we talked about Tyrannus. And wouldn't you know it, Sharon grabbed hold of that and sent me 20, 30 pages of research. (laughs) phenomenal. Some of it is really relevant, most of it is repetitive about the school of Tyrannus. We don't know for sure about who or what Tyrannus was, but it is a place of education used secularly for the most part, if not for the full part, and could be rented out in the off hours. And apparently Paul rented the school of Tyrannus out. It was a school building of some kind. We don't know. Uh, even after reading her, her, all of that material, excellent material, and fascinating reading, but they all end up, you know, we don't know some of these things for sure. Yeah. And I like that. I like If we don't know, we don't know it. We don't know here. And I thought I had been looking for archaeological evidence, but I haven't found any, and Sharon hasn't yet either, but but she has found things uh, that I didn't know, and I didn't happen to bring it with me today. But anyhow, the certain school of Tyrannus was a place that was became available, so when Paul had to leave the synagogue, get out of the cesspool that he found there, they moved the big number of people to Tyrannus, and they continued their schooling right there. And you'll notice in verse 10 is the result, and this happened for two years. They stayed in this rented location. I don't know about the rent. Uh, they, They stayed there for two years so that all of those dwelling in Asia, from that place of escape, from the synagogue, from this little place, it grew, and so much so that all of those dwelling, the inhabited parts of Asia, all heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Now yeah. that's some accomplishment, Dave.
3: Yes. We have a. We we don't really know exactly what was the tipping point for the the, the breaking away, or the departing. We well, don't it, really know that for. We don't know the specifics of that.
0: We do not know the specifics. It just says uh, that uh, he... um, uh, When they they did... They were not believers. Mm -hmm. So that's an attitude.
3: They were hardened.
0: They were hardened. That means they had dried up. They had lost their resilience to truth. And Paul didn't want to be in that kind of an environment. So he... He looked at that thing as a cesspool. I'm going to get out of here. I don't want to be with these dried up people. And it wasn't because they were using some kind of skin lotion. <laughs> Had to do with their brain. People dry up. Had
1: to do with their heart.
0: Had to do with their heart. Good point. Okay, so they, and, uh, you know, they, they spoke evil
2: of, uh,
0: of the way. That's what it was in verse 9. They spoke evil of the way. That is the key and most specific part of that. They spoke evil of the way. So you wouldn't want to be a part of a group that spoke evil of the way. Because the way is the theme of this book. It begins in Acts 1. All the way through is the way. You see, we don't get those words specific until now.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. but they're there all the time
3: so there has to be a creative
0: element to Christian living and for the church we have to be creative that when we have a problem that we can't change and sometimes we are in that situation we have to be creative and that's That's the capability of humanity, to be creative. If you're on the way, you want to be a part of that expression of God in being creative. How do I solve this problem? Not add to it, not make it bigger, not create it more crystal clear. Just what's the solution? And sometimes the solution is to go to the school of Tyrannus. Yes, to leave to leave that's human creativity that's an expression of God that tells you something about God when man can find solutions that's his creativity and let's not use then topics that don't require anything of us to just stay on the way we need to make sure that while we're on the way we are doing what God requires us to do but everybody can get on the way, but the way is very narrow, and there are a lot of barriers to getting on the way. There are a lot of barriers in staying on the way. You have to make a decision that you're going to be on the way and stay on the way all the days of your life. Come, as we say in the secular world, come hell or
3: high water. that Paul is, all is being god Godlike in as much as that God will, de- he will depart from those who want, don't want anything to do with him. Oh, yeah. Or talk against him, and he has and and will. Absolutely. Sure, that's right. David? Yes. yes. Alex said that
1: what was the breaking point? That what? Uh, what was the breaking point where he had to leave the synagogue? And I think it's, after all of this, I suppose, whenever... He was spending time trying to teach, and it was being countered, hindered, and mocked to the point where nothing was useful any longer. Nothing was getting done. You, that's time. You have to go then. I guess up to that point, you put up with it as long as some are coming to the truth. But there comes a time. There
0: comes a time.
1: And that was the goal of the, ad, the, ad, the adversary, was to... Make him be quiet. Yep. Um, and then it was time to go on, and I suppose we need to think about that. Yep. Yeah. I think it's a big issue. Yeah,
0: it is. Big, big subject. Fourthly, on and uh, so every problem has a solution, and they were in Tyrannus for two years. Fourthly, not only do we have the creativity, the, the, the energy issue, the attitude issues, the creativity issue. But human endurance is an express, uh, expression of God as well. The ability that man has to endure through hardship, to stick to it.
2: If, if we didn't
0: have that, we would be on the way and then we'd get off the way. We have to have that stick to it. That's human endurance. That came from us. That's a part of what God endures. That in He waited so long. When the time was right, He sent His Son after 4,000 years. When the time was right,
2: He had to wait.
0: Time. And in the meantime, he stuck with his plan. All the hindrances of God's plan all the way through the Gentile community and his own people under the law were all hindrances to him keeping his plan. But in the fullness of time, he fulfilled his plan in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, I think. And he sent his son. He stayed on course, finished his course, and the law was given to enable the Son to come to fruition. And the law was to end so that the product of the Son would enter into the situation of faith and redemption would reach its fullness. We have to stick with it. How do we stick with it? We have to have worthwhile objectives. It takes time. It took two years here. Look at what happened. All the people in Asia heard. doesn't mean that every individual heard. It means that it had been put out to where it was available to everybody. I might say here that When you're in the process of taking the word to the world or to Coolidge, we always like to go to the world because that kind of gets us out of an immediate responsibility. That wasn't nice, even though you thought it was. It was not intended to be nice, Mary. But the problem is that if we get the word out, that's our responsibility. It is not our responsibility to see how many respond to it. You see the difference? I don't have to assume the responsibility. Notice here, for two years, all of those dwelling in Asia had had access to the word of God, to the word of the Lord Jesus. Both Jews and Greeks, as all of the inhabited world, had access to what was right. Those who rejected it have become third world countries. But he was not responsible for their response. Paul's responsibility and the people from Tyrannus, their responsibility as a whole was to make it available to everybody however means and whatever means they had, had access to at that time. They were not responsible for the results. Now Roman, Romans, Paul tells us something about, he said, my job, is to see that every seed that gets planted, planted sprouts. Is that what he said? No. Can then somebody tell me in Romans what, where, where he says that? He says, no, my job is to plant. Somebody else's job is to water. Germinate those plantings. And then, if there's going to be a harvest, who gives the harvest? Uh, God puts it all together. Folks, there's nothing we can do about that. Because God will not change how you think. God will not things change anything about what you think about me or what you think about Neil or what you think about anybody in here. It doesn't make any difference. God's not going to change But if the truth is out, and it is watered, has to have water. First Corinthians three six. Three six? You got it? Mm-hmm. Oh well, that's um, yeah, maybe, I said Romans, didn't I? That's maybe one of them. Okay.
2: Yeah. What is
0: Apollos and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believe, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, didn't that what I said? Paul yeah. he planted. Apollos watered. Paulus came in after the planning, apparently. He was a motivator. We we know that about Paulus, don't we? He moved the crowds. A real, true motivator. Got people to make decisions. But God was causing
2: that system
0: that he has put in place, God causes the growth. On the way, Ron, I'm going to close with this. Ron, um, McCall. Okay. okay. M- Not McRae. 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 Ron McRae. Uh, sent me this the other day. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to close. We'll just say amen when we're done, and that's it. Imagine that I dumped 100,000 plastic eggs in your backyard. I assure you that inside one of those hollow eggs is a check for $1 million and it's got your name on it. Would you get discouraged if you opened the first 100 eggs without finding the check? How about the first 1,000 eggs? Of course not. You just keep opening those eggs, just waiting for the moment when you'd find the check. Paul knew the meaning of the word suffering. He had been beaten, stoned, imprisoned, shipwrecked, starved, and rejected. And yet Paul said that his sufferings were nothing compared to the glory that would come. That's ending the way. See, coming to the end of the way. Going through that door and entering into reality. No longer by faith, but what's real. In other words, Paul had opened a lot of empty eggs, but he never gave up or got discouraged. He believed that something great was in his future. God's glory revealed in him. And the glory that will be revealed in us one day. Our suffering doesn't merit discouragement or getting derailed off the way. Hang on, don't give up, keep going. One day, God will replace your discouragement with incomparable glory. As Romans chapter 8:18 8, says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And Ron says in this note that he had copied that and the author was unknown. But what a beautiful story. I consider that our present sufferings of staying on the way, putting up with all the hindrances, all of the problems, our present sufferings are not worth comparing. They're not even significant enough to compare with the glory, the recognition that will be given to those people who stay on the way all the way through the gate. Amen. Amen, Amen.